This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria, Australia's oldest drama teacher association. Consider becoming a member today to take advantage of the many member benefits. We would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record. We record on the land of the Bunurong people. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. My name is Nick and today we are speaking with Laurie Page all about comedy in drama. Yes, we are going to be introducing a whole unit of comedy in drama and Laurie Page is going to talk us through how he approaches a comedy unit and how we might do it in our classrooms as well. So without any further ado, I bring you the wonderful Laurie Page. Hey Nick, it's really great to be here. I'm glad to hear it. We're excited to have you on the podcast because this isn't just your first interview on the Aside podcast. We've got a little bit of exciting news. Would you like to announce it, Laurie? I will announce it. Can you do a trumpet for me, Nick? Fantastic. This is, ladies and gentlemen, we're breaking news. Uh, This is my first podcast for Drama Victoria and also the first podcast um, that I'll be editing for Drama Victoria. Nick, would you like to reveal the second part of the news? Uh, that you will be joining us as co-hosting this podcast far more often. So we'll be hearing more of Laurie over the next few years, I hope. But let's jump <laughs> and just say the first next few weeks and see how he goes. Uh, so, Laurie, you're running this fabulous Year 10 stand-up comedy unit. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with stand-up comedy and as a producer? Yeah, so I've produced uh, stand-up for nine years in five different venues, probably more than that. And in that time, I performed for those nine years, but I also was a performer. I also performed in high school. So I, I actually never kind of stopped in the world of stand-up. I've always been fascinated by it. I think it is the most interesting art form. So you do this fantastic uh, stand-up comedy uh, unit with your year 10 students. So can you tell us a little bit about that unit of work? I would take it as a four-week unit. First week, you're playing, you're making it a really fun, safe environment for the kids to have fun. You do some impersonations. We're practicing those basic skills of any kind of comedy. For week two, we start observing routines. We analyze them, we evaluate them, and we start having a go at attitudes, playing with those four attitudes of hard, weird, scary, and stupid. And we just try and present different attitudes in front of an audience in different ways. By week three, that would be a great week to start writing or practicing or devising a routine. And then week four, we can kind of give each other feedback and polish to the point where we've got this, you know, solid three-minute routine. So how do we begin a unit like this? The very first thing I like to do with any comedy unit, stand-up in particular, is set up a safe environment. The first thing I would do is ask everyone, what makes you laugh? So I usually give people uh, two minutes and say, right, stopwatch, write down as many things that makes you laugh as possible. Then we share our answers at the end. What we'll find is that we all have very similar senses of humor. We all think we're unique as human beings. But actually, most things we have in common, such as schadenfreude, the ability to laugh at others, or likability when people say they, you know, they find their brother funny or their or their parent or their friend or whatever. Um, most people would put down the random or the unexpected, like a twist. From there, once we've had that discussion about what, what makes us laugh, what we're trying to do at the start of a comedy unit is really try and make it a safe and fun space. So I would do some clowning games. I have personal favorites, but I'll just share one maybe uh, in this podcast, uh, Who Killed King John? What we do is we stand in a circle, number off, and you as the teacher are number one. 
What you then do is you as the teacher number one, who killed King John to anyone in the circle? And you would point to someone and they must say, not I. Then you say, then who killed King John? And they must say, number blank killed King John. For example, they might say number five killed King John. And then number five says, not I. And you just continue this process. Um, it's about getting the rhythm. And it's actually quite challenging to start with because even though there's only four lines of dialogue, that rhythm is so essential to the comedy of it. And I always say, we say King John. We don't say King Jong. Um, and we don't say Kim Jong-un. We say King John. So it's actually a bit of diction as well. Then when you get start getting people out, if one person gets out, what you can then do is say, right, if you are number 18, then we've got to have a new number 18, the person next to you. So then minus one for every person after them. And that makes it really fun because once you get to the fourth round, somebody goes, number 23 killed King John. You go, they don't exist. Um, so what you're trying to do in this exercise, the first time you play it, anytime somebody makes a mistake of any kind, after you've done a few practice rounds, they have to stick up their arms in the air and say, I made a mistake. And the whole class claps them and they applaud and cheer because we're trying to celebrate that failure. The second time you play the game, if somebody, I say to the kids, if somebody gets out, you must come to the center of the circle, stand in front of me, and I'm going to call out my big clowning voice, face your fear. And I'm going to count down three, two, one. And on the count of three, two, one, that person in front of me has to do anything in their power to make me laugh. And that then gives you license for someone who's shyer in a comedy setting to take those risks because then you can try and find something in their bit that is funny. If they succeed in making me laugh, I say, you get to stay in and we all give them a big round of applause. If they don't succeed, we say goodbye, but we all give them a big round of applause because it's about that taking that risk. And I've had students in this game get out 12 times. And it's so funny, that repetition of they keep coming back to the circle, they keep doing something repetitively, or they try something new and they're quite intuitive. So this is a great exercise in just, just playing and having fun and really improvising. You will then talk about where did you laugh? What moments did you laugh from the game? And often, it's not actually the game that's funny, it's seeing somebody's eyes go wide or seeing how somebody mispronounced something. So that failure is hilarious. So we really just want to embrace taking risks from the very start of any comedy unit, particularly stand-up. Okay, so you start with what do you find funny, and then you might use a, some kind of clowning warm-up, like who killed King John or others, and then, and then what? what happens next? You would then look at impersonating people. So you'd say to everyone, hey, go home, Think of someone you can impersonate that we all know. And so I would say to everyone, hey, either pick a celebrity that we all know, not some YouTuber that nobody can remember, or my favorite is I say, pick a teacher in the school that we all know. And the kids always go, ooh, we can't do all that, sounds, ooh, whatever. And you say, no, we're not, we're not having a personal attack on the teacher. I don't want to hear a personal attack on the teacher. We are imitating their voice and movement, which are also skills in the Victorian curriculum. So you say to everyone, hey, this is what we're doing to learn comedy. The very first step, everyone can do an impersonation. We all do impersonations of people all the time. We just don't know about it. 
And then once we go into the impersonations, I say to the kids, if you all impersonate someone, we do a round where everyone has a go at one, even if it's terrible, I will join in at the end and I will impersonate some people. I tend to pick four or five different people that I'll just have a go at. And you know you've nailed it when the kids go, yeah, that sounds exactly like him. And it's funny because we identify with the movement or the voice. Okay, so we've got an introduction to some of these ideas where we're introducing comedy, we're impersonating people, we're playing some clowning games. So what, what's the meat of this unit? The meat of this unit, okay, so we start, once we've kind of realised that we all can do stand-up, because impersonating is stand-up, that's the act-out of any joke. Because any joke has, roughly, a premise and a punchline, and that punchline is often acted out. So, once I explain to everyone, hey, we've actually already done stamp comedy now, uh, we've all had a go at it, then we start to look at the actual technical side of things. And the first routine I'd look at is a routine called Jamoan Eyebrows. And Jamoan does a, a three to four minute bit where he basically talks about how his eyebrows can be used when they go up and down. You know, you wouldn't say this word when you put your eyebrows up and you wouldn't say this word when you put your eyebrows down because that would be weird. So that's a really good, simple routine and show that we can take simple observations and just talk about them. And that's funny. So we start with that routine. I ask the kids, what do you find funny about that? And if you don't find it funny, what does the audience find funny about that? How is this a relatable routine? I think Jim Owen's fantastic. I've loved Jim Owen my whole life. And I think he's a great example of that kind of, well, not all his material is, but mostly a clean comic. And yeah, he's fabulously expressive, which links to the Victorian curriculum. But what other comedians do you use in this unit? So I tend to stick with observation and simplicity. So it doesn't just have to be stand-up comedy. Um, but for stand-up, I would use Jamon and Carl Barron. And then I'd also look at just some different styles. So Rowan Atkinson, very good at character observation. And then I'd also look at some duo work, um, which is a slightly different skill, but still part of the broader scheme of stand-up. And that's, I would look at Lena and Woodley, classic major minor routine. If we had more time to explore some traditional stand-up, I'd definitely look at Jerry Seinfeld, simply because I'm not the biggest Seinfeld fan, but I appreciate how simple and how um, observant he is uh, and how he draws that, a very universal audience in. The meat of the unit relies on you watching routines and then basically putting into practice, trying out different attitudes. For example, you might try a hate list. Students have five minutes to write down as many things that they hate and they must present that to the class in, I hate this and I hate this and I hate this. And you can do this with many different attitudes, such as scary, weird, hard, stupid. And from there, you're practicing those different ideas. You could also do exercises where you're, you might give the students a topic. So one student gets up in front of the class, you might say tree, and then they might go, right, uh, what's the deal with trees? Aren't they all leafy and wrong and whatever? And the next student gets up, you might say swimming, and they have to talk about that for a minute. So really just getting them to practice standing in front of an audience, generating ideas. But the meat of the unit relies on them watching routines, practicing in front of an audience, and then starting to write and develop a routine they can perform at the end. Great. And for this kind of improvised minute-long exploration of trees or mushrooms or whatever it is you happen to do, are you giving them an attitude for that or are you letting them talk about it in any way they want? I think keep it as open as possible because then you can discuss what attitude did they have without using the attitude word. 
And I find that very interesting because attitude's not just the word that you use. I find this weird, but just the way you're saying it might be weird. Right, and you do have a performance element. Can you talk to us about that? It would be ideal for there to be some kind of showcase in front of the peers uh, of, of the kids that you teach in a lunchtime because they're hearing about comedy and they're hearing about you know stand-up comedy and expression. A lot of people are very curious and it would be such a shame to not see that work. And obviously, I you as a teacher set that up to be a safe environment by walking out and talking to the audience. But it would be a really fun experience for people to be able to perform casually in front of their friends. Sure, and you don't always just do stand-up comedy. You open it up to, to sketch comedy and things like that, don't you? Yeah, so if I had 10 weeks, if I had a 10-week unit of a term, I'd make it a broad comedy unit with stand-up at the end. It just depends on how much time you have. We may not have that luxury. But then if I had a broad comedy unit, I'd do sketch and character. I'd look at a variety of things and then students choose their own type of comedy to perform at the very end. So um, how do you deal with uh, potentially offensive content, especially in this day and age? There's a lot of, you know, hashtag cancel culture, and I know a lot of comedians don't believe in that. So how do you manage that in your classroom? You don't want an experience where people in the drama room feel uncomfortable. So it's very simple. You just say to everyone at the start, you know, nothing is off limits as long as if the principal walked into my classroom right now and he saw it or she saw it, they would be impressed. They wouldn't be disgusted. And if everyone thinks in that way, then nobody's going to do things that are off limits. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. You're doing this in the drama classroom. So can you explore with us how you link this to the Victorian curriculum at the level 10? Absolutely. So I believe personally that stand-up comedy pretty much ticks the box of everything in the Victorian um, drama curriculum for 9 to 10. Because you're improvising, you're learning scripted work, potentially, you're analysing and responding to routines, you're using the elements of drama. The way you use comic timing relies on so many elements of drama. So really, it is so relevant to that curriculum that I think it's a shame to not use that, uh, this unit. And that sounds like your students have a wonderful time doing that unit. They do. They do. And I remember the, I had one year 10 class a few years ago and every single one of them chose a stand-up comedy routine. And I was so over the moon. And I just remember the responses from, how did you get them to do that? And it was just a real culture of playing and having fun and not worrying about failure. That's what it's all about. Well, that's what the Aside podcast is all about as well. Uh, playing and having fun and not worrying too much about failure because, hey, we're here and we're trying. Thank you so very much for your time today, Laurie Page. Thank you, Nick Waxman. It's been an absolute delight. That is all from us at The Aside. A huge thanks to Laurie Page for giving us his time. There are a load of episodes in the bank, so feel free to go through those and find one that piques your interest. If you'd like to contact us or if you have an idea for a future episode, don't hesitate to email us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. We answer a number of emails each week and are more than happy to hear from you. Thank you very much to Halery for letting us record here, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, to Aaron Searle for providing the music, and of course, thank you for listening. 